This is broadcaster Golf Papa 6 Bravo Echo Alpha at Kilo Charlie 4 Triple Alpha Double Alpha Foxtrot. Hi folks, it's Brynn at McMurdo Station again. I know I said goodbye after my last broadcast and I told you not to expect me until I was back in Los Angeles, but things are moving exceptionally slowly today. The plane isn't here and we haven't heard from Christchurch in like 10 hours. No one knows why, and I don't have any work at the moment since I was supposed to leave an hour and a half ago, so I figured I would hop on and give you some updates. It's one way to kill time, and until Andy gets here with the plane, no one's going to be using the radio. So let's get started. The group from Emmons and Scott got here yesterday morning, so they can head back with us today. Hudson was among them. I haven't seen him since last year when they all set out. We've been in touch nevertheless. He's been sending me a lot of the data I've been analyzing this whole time. Come on, Brent, that wasn't why you were bringing this up. I mean, I'm grateful for that. Who wouldn't be? I'm a little envious, too. He got to use the Keck Array, which is pretty cool. Gah. I'm getting off topic, and this is important. Hudson told me that the pilot was becoming afraid on the way here. He said that the fuel was lower than expected. He wasn't sure they were even going to make it to McMurdo. Someone's going to lose their job over that major oversight. Hudson was rattled. Said it seemed unreal, and no one knows what happened. The plane appeared to be in working order, just low on fuel. It was understandably super frightening, and everyone was somber after they got in. No one really knew how to react to that information. Then Sid, you know the one who found the meteorites a couple days ago? Sid handed the samples off to Navid and Andrea as planned. That perked the group up again. Navid and Andrea seemed excited. They hadn't been expecting fresh samples anytime soon, after all. They didn't sound too troubled that Sid found them so close to the base, so I guess I'm going to let that go. I maintain that it's odd. When did they fall? We have no record that would give us any indication. You would think that we of all people anywhere in the world would know that. I mean, we have the equipment and that's all a lot of us do. Focus on the sky and the data it has for us. You would think that if there was a meteor that hit the continent at any point in the last century, we would know it, but... I did just say I would let this go, didn't I? It's a mystery for the next crew, not for me. We must have missed something, that's all. The internet has been acting wonky all day. Thought we fixed it last night after the earthquake, but we didn't. That's probably why we can't get a hold of Christchurch. But I overheard Blake and apparently getting anyone from Australia or New Zealand or anywhere is not working too well. I tried to send Addison an email after that, which was close to 30 minutes ago now. It seems to have gone through, I think. Haven't gotten anything back. It might be out, stuck in traffic or something. Doesn't mean much. I just want them to know that my flight is late. Hopefully not so late that I miss my flight to Auckland tomorrow. That would be disappointing. Wow, yeah, I really hope that plane isn't so late we all miss out on our trip back tomorrow. I hadn't considered that yet. It was supposed to be here five hours ago, right? Right, five hours ago. Let's see, it takes, what, seven hours to get back to Christchurch, depending on conditions and all? Even if it gets back here in the next 15 minutes, it's going to take them a while to unload and fuel up. If the flight to Auckland leaves tomorrow morning... No, we're good. We have time. Obviously, I hope it gets here soon. I'm starting to get worried. Oh, Sahil was cleared for flying with us. His leg is most certainly broken, but it was a few days ago, so the doctors think he'll be fine to go back. Just goes to show you that even when the sun is back up, you always have to be careful down here. The medic said he didn't have any head trauma, and I can't tell you how glad I am to hear that. He told me that even so, he doesn't know what happened. He went for a walk, then woke up in the medical center. If Carson and Maddie hadn't found him, who knows what could have happened. I mean, you could have frozen, there's that. That's obvious. He might have slid into the water. 
The Orcas might have mistaken him for a seal. Okay, lots of things could have happened to him. Stop entertaining these fantasies, Bryn. He's okay. He's okay, and he's going back with us. They found him, and he's going to be fine. Turns out I had to pack for Sahil as well as myself last night. We didn't have a lot of time, what with the earthquake disrupting everything. I do think that I got all of our items. Sahil was insisting that something was missing, that he couldn't put his finger on what. It was bothering him a lot. I really hope that the doctors are correct. I'm starting to question their competency, however. Sahil hasn't been himself since he woke up. It could be the isolation. I know that does strange things to a person's mind. We're all supposed to report in with the psychologists at UCLA when we get home. We've been emailing back and forth with them this whole time, and they've sent Aaron down here to observe us. I've been wondering how our crew stacks up against others who have wintered down here in the past. I do want to emphasize that Sahil has been quiet. Barely talked to anyone, even me, since we got him patched up. He's so confused, keeps insisting that something is wrong. Keeps saying that this is missing, or that isn't where it's supposed to be, or the timing's off, or something like that. I think most people are avoiding him now, other than helping him open doors and needs of that nature. I do have to admit it's incredibly uncomfortable to see and hear. He doesn't seem to mind that no one wants to be around him. He's been writing a lot, and when I check in with him, he hardly even notices that any time has passed. We need to get him home. I sincerely hope their assessment regarding brain damage is accurate. I mean, it's almost a week. If something happened, it would be better now. Am I wrong? Maybe, but... If it were better, then why is he still acting like that? I don't know. I just really want to get him to a real hospital. I completely trusted the doctors down here until this happened. They're supposed to be extremely experienced and the equipment isn't shoddy. I'd just like another opinion. Or maybe it's just some psychological baggage. I don't know enough to rule that out. We've all taken a hit in that department this past week. Well, this certainly isn't helping my anxiety. Where is this plane? Is it possible that something happened? 1 in 5.4 million means there's a chance of some kind, but it's so unlikely. We had the issue with the one plane yesterday. There wouldn't be another problem so soon after that, would there? It's statistically improbable. Then again, it's not here. No, there's something up for sure. It would be here by now otherwise, but it's alright. It's, it's really alright. If the internet wasn't acting up, Christchurch would have given us a heads up and we would know what's going on. We'll get that sorted out soon, and then we'll be all up to speed. Let's see, how can I distract myself? That's why I'm here, distraction. Oh, gotta do the business. This is Broadcaster Golf Papa 6 Bravo Echo Alpha at Kilo Charlie 4 Triple Alpha Double Alpha Foxtrot. Ugh, I'm so ready to go home. This has been a great year, don't get me wrong. I've loved it down here. I've gotten so much done, I've made some amazing friends, but you know what I really miss? I mean, aside from Addison and my friends back in LA, of course I miss them, but aside from everyone back home, I really miss the food. I'm really ready for a Mexican restaurant, and sushi, and Thai, and Ethiopian. I even miss the vegan restaurant tour Addison always drags me along for. I'm going to sleep for like a million hours when I get home, but I'm definitely ordering some takeout before I do. In other news, we got our science center back up after it futzed out because of the earthquake. Took a while. Most of that equipment isn't designed to get turned off, especially without being shut down properly. But it's all back online and working, other than the internet. Rather, I should say we assumed everything was back online, but it turns out we were wrong. 
I feel bad for the crew. No one but me knows how to use this radio. Not much is getting done today. A lot of us are leaving and they can't even browse the internet while they wait. I can at least reach out through this broadcast. I'll take a listen when I'm done. Hopefully at some point someone will interrupt me and let me know the plane is here. Or let me know that we have some news. Any news. Okay, okay, stop it. Uh, the biologists were a Twitter about something to do with the penguins. I asked Maddie, she said that they're acting weird. I mean, she said more than that, she explained it way better than I could, but let me see if I can try. The closest colony is moving. Maddie said it's different than their usual migration patterns. They should be returning to the main colony or something like that. It's spring and that's what they do. It should be 20 miles from here? But she said they're going in the wrong direction. Looks like they're heading somewhere different. The penguins moving strangely had Maddie worried, but she also mentioned that there haven't been as many seals out as usual. Or seagulls. For that matter, the orcas have been conspicuously absent. Seems like our only friend left in these parts are the penguins, and they're acting out of sorts. Maddie seemed pretty concerned. Way more concerned with the penguins than when I pointed out that we hadn't seen any meteor strikes lately. Maybe she was distracted? The penguins are ultimately the reason she's down here, so it does make sense. If something is going on with them, she's bound to find that more troubling than anything else. It's probably something with climate change. Pretty much all the concerns down here are related. It's really sad. This is one of the most pristine places in the world, and even here we're seeing the impact of climate change. The ice is melting, the temperatures are rising, the animals are acting all kinds of fucked up. Apparently. I mean, I knew this stuff before, on an intellectual level at any rate, but after working here for a year and talking to environmental scientists and hearing their fears, I'm very much convinced that we need to make a change. Well, a lot of changes. Massive changes. It's left me questioning the direction I took with my own education and my career trajectory. Do we really need more astrophysicists when our planet is falling apart? I'm being self-deprecating again. I'm doing important work and this is my passion. But I am going to reevaluate my lifestyle when I get back home. I'm going to see what I can do to cut down on emissions and water use, plastic consumption. That's another really big place to cut down. I already told Addison we're getting reusable silicone sandwich bags and changes of that variety. We had a good number of ideas. I've really been galvanized. This place significantly drove home the extent of the crisis. Something has to change. Speaking of, if you're listening and you have more ideas, please let me know. I'd love to hear them. It's really important that we all do our part. I should discuss last night some more. The earthquake was wild. I've been a California resident for a long time and I've never felt anything like that. We were pretty lucky there wasn't more damage done. It was incredibly brutal. You could see the ground moving. It was bad enough that the whole science center went offline. I heard more machines at the station were out of commission for a while. I think all of the scientific equipment went down. Maybe some of the non-scientific equipment as well. It seems like almost any piece of machinery that could go down did. Maybe not literally everything, I can't speak to that obviously, but effectively all of it was down. I think every last person out here was awake and working on things getting going again, including the newcomers from Amundsen Scott. We were up late too. We were going until 3am, I'm surprised we're all ready to go on time this morning. You know, it was a pretty strong earthquake here. Could that have caused some damage in Christchurch? Could that be what's going on? I was under the impression that we were in contact with them this morning, and no one said anything to the contrary at the time. Last I heard the plane had departed and it was on its way. Or did I imagine that? 
Now, Blake totally would have said something way earlier if we didn't know for sure that the plane had left. But if that's the case, if we were expecting the plane five hours ago, we really should be worried, shouldn't we? I should probably stop trying to talk myself out of this concern. I don't know what to do. It's not like I could fix anything if I was worried. And the people who handle the air traffic don't need me underfoot. I'm out of everyone's way. I might be fear-mongering to anyone who can hear this broadcast, but it's not as though any of you are going to gum up the works for anyone in Christchurch, right? Oh, please don't go bothering Christchurch over this. Or maybe do. Maybe tell them we're really lost out here. No, let's not do that. I'll see if I can find out anything when I'm done here. If there's a disaster, someone will be broadcasting for sure. Something of the magnitude that would make it so Christchurch can't send a plane or that knocks a plane off its flight path would be international news. Someone will have heard something. They have radios at the Phoenix Air Station, too. They can get their own information. They don't need little old Bryn and their amateur radio to get the news. Blake and everyone else out there probably already knows what's going on. But I mean, I would like to know too. And the others would likely want to be kept in the loop as well. So I'll check for broadcast soon. Soon. In the meantime, let's do some more updating. Updating makes me feel productive and I could really use that at present. Other than last week or so, this trip has been incredibly calming. It was so amazing. I've never seen anything so soothing. The sky is gorgeous. We have the telescopes down here for that exact reason, but I can't imagine that there's anywhere else on Earth where you can see the glory of the Milky Way with your own two eyes as clearly as you can down here. If you get the opportunity to come down here, I urge you to jump on it. It's been absolutely breathtaking. It's the complete opposite of LA. Yeah, there's some light pollution near McMurdo. It's brighter than you'd expect, but it's nothing like the city or even the suburbs. And when you take a trip further out, it all melts away. It's amazing. Did you know there are polar lights down here? They call them the Northern Lights or the Aurora Borealis surrounding the North Pole, but down here there's Southern Lights or the Aurora Australis. They're magical, absolutely magical. I knew that they happened, but I'd never seen anything like them before coming down here. Pictures do not do them justice. You really have to see them for yourself. Like I said, if you can come down here, definitely do it. It's just too bad that this last week has been as nerve-wracking as it has been. Between both planes and the internet being down, between Sahil's accident and the earthquake, everyone has been on edge since Sahil got back. No one really got hurt at all this year. There weren't a lot of big accidents. I don't know how typical that is. We knew it was dangerous, but we all took precautions and those seemed to help. This accident must have made us realize how vulnerable we are. That never feels good. I suspect it absolutely knocked the wind out of the sails. If there hadn't been an earthquake, we probably would have made up for it last night. There were plans for a game night, but obviously they fell through. Would have been a much better note to leave on rather than a mad dash to get everything back online. There's good memories to be had. I sincerely hope they aren't overshadowed. That would be a shame. We had game nights, like I said, and sing-alongs. We held races outdoors and went for trips. There were movie nights, late night snack raids I probably shouldn't be bringing up in public. It was undeniably not all bad, not even mostly bad. I've made some connections I suspect are going to be lifelong. 
there are plans for a lot of us to stay in touch after we go our respective way in the States. And Harper is strongly considering moving to Los Angeles as soon as they find a job, which would be beyond amazing. Just a reminder, this is Broadcaster Golf Papa 6 Bravo Echo Alpha at Kilo Charlie 4 Triple Alpha Double Alpha Foxtrot. Ah, uh, plans and plans. Addison wants us to get a dog when I get back. Their job has been made almost entirely remote, so they're going to have the time to take care of one. They probably could have used the company while I was gone, but this will be good too. They've done a lot of research. They're thinking maybe some sort of sighthound mix. Maybe a straight-up greyhound. Apparently, there's a lot of them in need of homes. Addison's best friend had some Salukis growing up, and I think that might have factored heavily into their consideration, but I'm not complaining. Sighthounds seem like a good fit for us. It's been a long time since I had a pet. My family had a dog and a cat when I was growing up, but since moving to LA, it's been all school and work and social life. I haven't really had time to devote to an animal. Addison had a cat who died shortly before we met, and I know it's been really hard on them to not have a companion like that. This will be great for them, and I'm in support of the move. 100%. I'm just a little amazed Addison didn't rush out and get a dog the moment I flew away. I can't wait to see how happy a dog makes them. I like dogs too, but Addison gets this cute little expression whenever we come across a fluffy creature. It's amazing. I love how their face lights up. They're so wonderful, and they deserve a pet who loves them unconditionally. Yeah. I think I'm going to hop online the moment I wake up in our bed and see what can be done to get them a dog as quickly as possible. I mean, it's not just the fact that they'll look cute, but it's also the fact that they've put up with me being away for so long. I know my being gone has been hard for them. They don't like living alone. This was such an important opportunity for me, there was no way I could pass it up, and they never once asked me to stay home. They've been nothing but supportive this whole time, too. They didn't make me feel guilty about leaving. I did, I won't lie. I've been so happy down here, but a part of me felt bad leaving them alone for a whole year. Maybe a dog isn't the best gift in the world, since you have to care for it and everything, but it's not like they're going to see it as a chore. Yes. Dog is happening as soon as I wake up at home. It will be so good to finally see Addison again. Emails just haven't been enough, honestly. I miss their voice. And the way their eyes crinkle when they smile. I miss the way they smell. I miss sitting on the couch together, smushed up against one another and cuddling. I even miss their weird cooking experiments. Half the time the results are inedible and we have to order in, but it's always an adventure. Yeah, getting home will be nice. I am going to miss it here, but I think I miss Addison more than I will miss Antarctica. And who knows, maybe I'll come back someday. Speaking of Addison, let me see if they've replied yet. Let's see... Let me get my laptop out. Logging on. Hmm. Nope. No email from them yet. I suppose it doesn't really impact them. Assuming the plane gets here soon, I'll be getting back to them at the same time either way. But it would make me feel a lot better if I heard from them. Anything that happened in Christchurch wouldn't really be a cause of alarm for them beyond how it might impact me. So maybe there is no emergency. If there was one, they'd surely be quick to respond to me. All the same, there is the unmistakable truth. If the internet is acting up here, maybe they did reply. Maybe they replied and I'm the one who isn't getting it. 
Now that would definitely upset them if something happened in New Zealand. I hope that's not what's going on. Did I just make things worse? Should I have waited to reach out? Not knowing is beyond stressful. This is so frustrating. It's hard to be out of touch. We're also used to having instantaneous news at our fingertips. When that's not possible, all it does is cause anxiety. And if it's just anxiety, then it stands to reason everything is okay. That's how this works. You worry and worry. But that's all it is, worry. It's not actually something worth all the energy spent fretting. That's the way this is supposed to be. And if I keep telling myself that, maybe it will be true. Maybe the plane is already here. Maybe while I was on air broadcasting to you all, it got in and they forgot to tell me. I suppose it's possible. I haven't been in here long enough for them to have left without me. I've been in here, what, 24 minutes? Yeah, no way. The plane wouldn't have even been unloaded yet. The next crew would have barely disembarked. I should probably consider wrapping this up soon. I do need to listen to the other broadcasts out there. See if there's any pertinent news. And I should probably check in to see if the plane made it. In that case, I'll let you all go for now. May this truly be the last time you hear from me until I'm back home. That should be, uh, like 40 hours from now. And I won't be getting on my radio the moment I get in my house. Nope. I'll be driving home, and eating, sleeping, waking up, and dog rescue researching. I'll be spending some quality time with Addison in there. So as it stands, don't expect to hear from me for like three days or more. That's the plan at any rate. I'll update my blog with a better schedule later. So, goodbye all. Goodbye McMurdo. It's been fun. This is Broadcaster Golf Papa 6 Bravo Echo Alpha at Kilo Charlie 4 Triple Alpha Double Alpha Foxtrot signing off. The plane? It isn't coming. But you probably already knew that if you're even... Fuck. I need to... I gotta go. I have to warn... Fuck! This is Broadcaster Golf Papa 6 Bravo Echo Alpha at Kilo Charlie 4 Triple Alpha Double Alpha Foxtrot signing out for real. It Grows Dark is written by Jenna M. Pittman and produced by Jared Aiken. Theme song and score are by Define.Human. More of their work can be found at linktree.com forward slash define.human. The voice of Bryn is Jared Aiken. The voice of the wind is Titi. The voice of the credits is Ryan Kranz. Artwork by Ida Christensen. If you like what you're hearing and want to connect with us, please reach out via social media, our website, or Discord server, all of which can be found in the show notes or at linktree.com forward slash itgrowsdark. For more direct access, please send all questions or concerns to itgrowsdark at gmail.com. Fun fact, due to the tilt of the earth, the closer you get to the poles, the longer summer days are and the shorter winter nights are. In Antarctica, this results in six months of near constant sunlight in the summer culminating in 24 hours of sunlight during the summer solstice on December 22nd. Conversely, during the winter months, the sun is hardly ever seen, and there is 24 hours of night during the winter solstice on June 21st. Thank you for listening, and stay safe.